opposition no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today you shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said you will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. God prepared each and every one of us for a test ahead. You and I will go to school and we learn what is the reason or essence of a test. I, I, I did that with the morning service. You can tell me. I need one or two. Tell me. Why, why do we have an organized test? Teachers will help us. <laughs> to uh, assess your proficiency. That is big English. <laughs> but that is great. To assess your proficiency, that is how well you are. So that is how test is organized. What is the second reason that we could look at? To know whether you've understood what you were taught. So, a teacher prepares his lessons and has objectives. <laughs> you remember Azizanya and... and <laughs> to move to the next level, which is promotion. So, let's look at these three as a case study. So, you organize a test for your student because you want to assess them to know whether what you taught them they've understood. You also want to use it to move them to the next level or to take them to the next class, which is promotion. And also, you organize the test to see how good they are with themselves. So, which means that test is not a punishment. Am I talking to somebody here? So, it means that whenever I have a test, it should be a blessing for my life. So, God does not tempt us, but God tests us. I'll repeat. God does not tempt us. But God tests us. Whenever we are going through temptation, it's of the devil. And temptation is you, is something you like that the devil will bring to you. Because he knows you are vulnerable. If your eyes is the problem, you will use your eyes. If bottles are passing and you cannot let the bottle go, that is what he will bring. If he knows you like women, he will use women. Because that, he, that is what he knows can flaw you. So he comes to, to tempt you. It's just like you, 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 you know this person will steal the money anyway, so he decides to go and put the money by his side. So if the money gets lost, you say, where is my money? You should know who there is, the thief now. So, that is a temptation. But the test is that God knows that he has prepared us and we are capable of overcoming the temptations or the trials of the enemy. So, the enemy brings a temptation and God turns that temptation into a test. Oh, are you following what I'm saying? 
Because he knows that by the test, we have already passed. Because you cannot test your student if you have not prepared your student. So God now puts us to a test. Why? Because he has taught us certain principles. He has taught us certain things of our life. So now, whatever we have learned in Sunday school, whatever we have learned in scripture union, whatever you have, we have heard on radio, whatever we have heard in church, Sunday after Sunday, notes that we have made, things that we have heard, preach everywhere, every corner, evangelist, prophet, Bible studies that we have had, all of them are supposed to form the foundation for us to pass that test. So when the test is coming, God folds his arms and says, I believe my child will pass. Because I know my child. I know my daughter. I know my son. So now the test comes to you and God is watching you. No copying. No spying. Because he believes you can pass the test. So you go into that test and you fail. You fall. When you fall, it hurts him. He says, ah, I thought you could do it. It means that you are not yet prepared. So he does not leave you there. He picks you again from there and brings you back and re-prepares you for another test. So Bible said that the righteous shall fall seven times and seven times it shall rise what? Again. So every time you fail your test, he picks you from the wounded state, repairs you and brings you another test. Brings you another test. You can never move on to your next stage or your next class if you don't pass your class one test. You can't move on to class two. If you don't pass your class two test, you can't move on to class three. So in all your life, you can be in one classroom if you don't pass your test you are there then the only thing that can change the situation is mass promotion and mass promotion is the mercy of God so he realizes that you are still struggling you cannot have it you are still struggling you cannot get there but at least you have something that could move you. Maybe you have not been lucky with exams. So he said, okay, this year, all of you, you are moving. And then you are part of them. You also move and graduate. That is his mercy. And that mercy, Bible says, it endures forever. It endures forever. So when we are not able to exhibit our God nature, the mercy of God takes over and the message of God still gives us advantage of life. So God now takes hold of Ezekiel, moves him and he said, come let me show you something. And then he took him, he said, this is the valley, the dry bones. What can be done about the situation? And Ezekiel said, you know God. Listen to me, whenever God asks you a question, he has an answer. In other words, there is no challenge that confronts you that God is not aware. Anytime you face any problem, don't panic. Pull back and say to yourself, God knows it before it came. The problem we have in Christianity or in life is that we allow the problem to dictate to us. We allow the challenge to dictate to us. We allow the problem to dictate to us. 
Don't allow the circumstance to dictate to you. You just have to know you are above it before it came. So here, God, to deal with the situation, needed an Ezekiel to do it. But how can he use Ezekiel to do it? He has to use Ezekiel by the Spirit. Say the Spirit. Say the Spirit. So he said, the hand of the Lord came upon him. Now the hand of the Lord that came upon him is not a physical hand like this and came upon Ezekiel. And pick Ezekiel. But what he's simply saying is that the hand of the Lord is symbolic representation of the Spirit of God. So when the power of God came upon Ezekiel, it translated his physical nature into the realms of the Spirit. And brought him to where he's supposed to have the whole thing that God is talking about. So he brought him to the scene. So whilst he was on the scene, he was with the Lord in the spirit. Because his physical man cannot commit, communicate to God. It's his spirit man that communicates to God. So in Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27, you can give me the scripture. It says, the spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. So around that time, if Ezekiel wants to address the situation by his physical senses, he will fail. Because by his physical senses, there is no hope for the bulls. With his physical senses, there is no hope for the situation. With his physical senses, everything around him is already a done deal of failure. And there is nothing he could do in his human capacity to change it. But then in the realm of the spirit, which is who he really is. Bible said we know no man now after the flesh. We know man by the spirit. So now he has assumed his role or his position as a spirit man and not a physical man. So in his position as a spirit man, he is now communicating with his spiritual God and this is what we mean by the lamp of the spirit. So his spirit man is a light that has brought illumination in his darkness. So anytime you enter into darkness where things are impossible and there is no light to show you because darkness is absence of light. What you can turn on is not your senses. And you and I know your senses are the five senses. Your sense of smell, your sense of sight, your sense of touch, your sense of feel, and your sense of what? What? Taste. And this informs who you are or what the situation should be. But when you are working with God and you enter into crisis times and challenging times, shut the doors of your senses. Turn on the light of your spirit. Because around that time, your senses will never make sense. The voice of people will never make sense. The voice of the situation will never make sense. Some people will come and tell you, hey, do this. You'll be running here. Another person will say, do this. You'll be going there. Another person will say, do that. You'll be going there. And before you realize, you can even be a believer, but you can end up in a shrine. You can end up drinking some concussion. You can end up living a life. You can end up doing something that later you regret. But around that time, what you need to do is to shut the door to your senses and tune in your light to the spirit. Around that time, your spirit man begins to commune with the spirit of God and your spirit says, tells you that this situation will also come to pass. This challenge will be a thing of the past. So everybody around you is saying, hey, if you don't do anything about this thing, something serious will happen. But you are still, and you are not moved. You are still in the storm, and you are not challenged. 
and people could look at you and say, you are a fool. Can't you think that the thing is, is not helping you? You better do something like anybody else is doing. And you are telling them, I know my God will come through for me. And they can't understand what you are telling them because you are not telling them from your physical senses. You are telling them from the voice of heaven. And the voice of heaven is not in agreement with the voice of the physical. So you will look stupid in the eyes of men because the thing is naturally sinking and you say it will not sink. Why are you saying it will not sink? Because you can't also explain to them what you are feeling and how you are, what you are experiencing because the way you feel about God cannot be explained. What you are seeing cannot be explained because the spiritual wisdom is foolishness to the physical. So Ezekiel looks at these bones. It is impossible. But from the level he was standing, he said, God, do you know? And God said, yes, you have answered right. Prophesy to these bones. In other words, speak contrary to the situation. So for you to have results of your life, you just have to know that you will meet crisis situations. You will meet challenging situations. You will meet dark situations. You will meet unrepaired situations. You will meet things in your marriage, in your relationship, in your academics, in your business, in whatever you do. You will come to a point where nothing is moving. That is where you exercise what you call your faith. Your faith. When nothing is working, what do you do? That is where you assume your position. You leave the level of man and come to the level of the spirit. And when you stand on the level of the spirit, you are no more in line with the situation. So you begin to make declarations. So you saw the situation and said, in the name of Jesus, I refuse this thing to intimidate me. In the name of Jesus, I command healing. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy favor. In the name of Jesus, I declare opening. In the name of Jesus, I declare breakthrough. You are speaking, but yet the situation is negative but you are not allowing the negative situation to put fear and doubt in you. There is one thing you know that if God said let there be light then your situation shall also have light. If there is one thing that you know if God said that with him all things are possible then it shall be possible if you are with God and he said it shall cause the crooked path to be straightened. Your crooked path shall be straightened. If the valleys can be absorbed your valley shall be exalted. If you can run through your troops and leap over your wall, you will also run through your troops and leap over your wall. If the Lord said he shall be with you, then he shall be with you. Prophesy. Speak to the situation. Jesus was not surprised of the storm. But he know who he is. That is not of the flesh, but it's of the spirit. Tell somebody, tell the person you are not of the flesh. Tell the person you are of the spirit. Listen, if you understand your nature, that you are of the spirit, you will know that everything emanated from the spirit and everything is changed by the spirit. God never saved you and I to speak as men. He saved us to speak as gods. We are mouthpiece of what takes place in our life. So he said, Ezekiel, I am not doing it. You do it. Can these bones live? He said, you know, yes. I am God. I know because I'm all knowing. But when it comes to fixing it, you have to fix it. 
He said, Ezekiel prophesy. He was teaching Ezekiel and you and I that there is nothing that is impossible with him. When his children will speak, he will answer. What is intimidating your life? What is making you get confused? What is making you to run away? What is making you to tell you that this thing cannot be? Listen, it doesn't matter the nature of anything. When God says yes, it's yes. Bible said that he said, it's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. You know why? Man can promise you, but he can fail you. But God cannot promise you and fail you, so he's not a man. Are you there with me? Man can be there today, but he's not there tomorrow. But God is the essence of days. Man can be cash trapped, but God is, has never ever been cash trapped. He will not say, oh, my check didn't go through. The check of God is always clearing. So when he promises you, he delivers. And the amazing thing of God is that if God looks at this code and says it is white, by the time you get there, it shall be white, irrespective of the color. He's God. He cannot lie. So he tells you and I that anytime we see any situation, we should confess positively to the situation because he knows you are his student and he has prepared you. And you are capable to run through your troops and leap over every wall. And he knows he has put his word in your mouth that when you speak, it shall come to pass. So he brings you to the situation and says, change it. You are not changing it by your strength. That is why you don't use your strength to do it because you'll be frustrated. You are changing because greater is he that is in you than the one that is in the world. So you look at the situation and said, hey, situation, you are changing because God says so and not me saying so. God says so and not man saying so. God is saying this and so shall it be. And listen to me, persistency and consistency with God you to result. The challenge a lot of us have had is that when you are tackling issues and you have not yet seen the result, you back off because we are impatient. Hello? When Ezekiel spoke to the bones, Bible said the bones that are scattered came together. They found men all right. He saw it. Flesh came, but there was no life. And that is what level a lot of us get to. We are able to prophesy to the situation, speak well of the situation, then all of a sudden the whole thing turns around and it becomes a man. But we forget that the man, lifeless, cannot yield the result until we have what? Commanded it to live. So your miracle is there, but it's lifeless. And the painful thing is that when everything comes together, that is the time you leave. That is the time you give up. That is the time you say, ah, I can't pray again. I am tired. I have fasted enough. There is no need for me to fast again. If God would have done it, we would have done it alone. Oh, this is the time he came together. The next stage was you to have prophesied to the winds. Where you declare to the wind and say, let breath enter into you. In other words, I prayed. Let me give you a practical example. Can I use your Bible? This is my desire. It might be a car. It might be a child. It might be a business breakthrough. It might be a financial thing. I mean, just picture it. And let's say, all of these things that I desire, because I don't have it. Is that right? So let's say, it is a problem for me, and it has gone bad. So whilst I am praying, God begins to put it together into a substance form. This is a substance, isn't it? 
Faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Isn't it? So now it has come together in a substance form. So my prayer or my prophecy like Ezekiel did is the bones coming together. So now everything has come together. It has been formed. But in his forming it, it has formed first in the spirit. So he's here. And I am here. The situation here in the physical is that where I'm standing is empty. There is nothing. But I have prayed, I have fasted that I want God to deal with this situation. In the realm of the spirit, my prayer was bringing it from every angle. God was putting it together and he has formed it as the Bible. Can you see the Bible there? But you see, there is a veil between the spirit and the physical. So this veil has covered. So I cannot see beyond here. So I am seeing here and here my nature is that I am with nothing. That is the physical truth. Am I holding anything? Do I have it? I don't have it. So, maybe I have tarried enough. So, I am tired and I am discouraged. Because I have not seen it. Eyes have not seen it. Ears have not heard it. Even if a prophet comes and tells me, it is there. I have not seen it. So, I have not handled it. Because man operates in the third dimensional realm where everything is solid and physical. Okay? So, once I have not handled it, I cannot prove of it. But faith tells me that I should believe I am handling it. But physical says that seeing is believing. So I am here, I am waiting to see it, and I am not seeing it, so I quit. I'm no more going to church. I'm no more praying. God, I am tired. You can do your ways. Because nothing is happening. I have called upon you. And you are not answering me. So murmuring and complaining and sluggishness takes over. Worse, the thing is waiting for you in the spirit. Then one day, you are complaining. The Holy Spirit has touched you and said, Hey, stop. Have you asked God why? Then you woke up. And then you start coming to church. You start all over again. You are praying. You are praying. You are praying. Then they bring it into view. And then you are praying, you are praying, you are praying, you are not getting it. Then all of a sudden, somebody tells you, pray more. And then you are praying more. You begin declaring. So here, you are no more asking. You are now calling forth. So you say, in the name of Jesus, every blessing that is mine in the spirit, I bring it forth to life. I bring it forth to life. I bring it forth to life. Get, get up, let me show you something. Get up. Go there. I bring it forth. So, let's say it's the angel. I bring it forth to life. I call those things that were not as though they were. I call my children forth. I call my car forth. I call my business forth. I call resurrection. I declare life into it. I declare life into it. I declare life into it. Once he's declaring the life, pick it. Once you are declaring life, because God has to relate with you by life. So, once you are declaring life, the angels entered in there. Pick it because once it's life, it has to be in the physical. So when you are calling life, move. Act that he's moving. So he comes to me and hands it over to me as the angel of God. Now I have an evidence of what I am calling for. Once it's in the spirit, it is dead. But when it comes to the physical, it has life. Do you have an evidence of the Bible? That is what you have to do. So when Ezekiel prayed, the bones came together and he stopped. And God said, no, don't stop. Prophesy again to the winds, from the four winds, and let the breath enter into them, 
and let them become a living being. And immediately begin commanding the breath entered to them. The Bible said they stood up on their feet. That is the action time because now life has entered. When he called Lazarus, he didn't just say Lazarus come forth. He called Lazarus and said Lazarus come forth. In other words, come and live. Come and fulfill your mandate and your purpose. Come and fulfill what you have to do. So when Lazarus came out, the Bible said he was bound. He said lose him and let him go. Because after he has been called forth, he has to be released. I prophesy over your life today. Anything that you are looking for, you just have to release it. Listen, listen. Sometimes you have to stop praying and begin to call forth things because you have moved beyond the prayer. Now you have to call the thing into being. Are you following what I am saying? You have to begin to call it forth and not to bind any demon or bind any witch. You just have to make a declaration. Christianity is known as the positive confession. Positive confession. That is why Jesus did not look at the storm and said, I bind you storm. I rebuke you devil. He said, peace be still. Sometimes you need to just thank God for an answer prayer when you have not even seen the answer. You just have to worship God for the good thing he has done in your life when he has not even taken place. Because God created it that anything that confronts you you have what it takes to overcome. I challenge you this morning or this afternoon that don't run away from your battle. Any problem that confronts you, you are the architect of the solution. No man can solve it for you, but you have what it takes to solve it. You will say, Pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through. Oh, yes, I might not understand, but God understands. And God knows before it came that when it came, you are capable of handling it. So don't run away. You have been prepared enough to handle it. Rise up on your feet, somebody. very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple East Ligon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastlegon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435 You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7am to 10am on Tuesdays at 6.30pm to 8.30pm for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7pm to 10pm for our breakthrough prayer service You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you.